stay fly. Stay this fly. really has me upset. Like I said, I loved it at first. I was in love with it. I was tweeting. I was Instagramming. I was Facebooking. And then as I started doing my research, I was just so upset. I, I'm, I, I, I was heated. I'll see you. I'm a mother of five, but I'm also a survivor of a domestic violent relationship. I'm also a survivor of a mother who lost two kids. I'm a survivor of rape. But you know what? Those things don't hold you back or identify you. You're listening to The Fly Guy Show. They do everything on the fly and in such a fly manner. Stay fly, stay fly, stay fly. They The views expressed by the guests are only the views of the guests. Unless we say we agree. Unless explicitly stated. <laughs> hey, this is Ernie Thomas here on the Vol School Podcast. You're listening to Psycho Varner's Fly Guy Podcast. Support, like, subscribe, and share. He's saying some good things. Share it. Don't keep it to yourself. Peace, beloved. It's Seiko Vaughn and the Power Broker back with another episode of the Fly Guys Show, the Fly Guys Podcast. It's the home of melanated conversations to improve our situation. So tonight we have two queens and a king who are going to join me, and we're going to deal with the Netflix series Self Made. All right. So I want to bring them on slowly and surely. Uh, and we also have, well, two queens and a king. All right, so we're going to bring on a sister, Joy Allen, otherwise known as the Memoirs of a Karmic Dynasty. How are you doing tonight, sis? Thanks, everyone. How's everyone doing? Good stuff, good stuff. We have the celebrated author, Nikia Tull, and she's going to come, Queen Phoenix. How are you doing, Queen? I'm doing good. How about yourself? Excellent, excellent. And our king, our king is from Black History of the African American Archives, Black History Archives, Brother Eric Majet. How you doing, bro? I'm great. How are you guys doing? All right. I'm glad you put that hat on, bro. <laughs> All right. So tonight we're going to deal with the self-made series, which is on Netflix. And it's about, you know, our ancestors our leaders, our teachers, Madam C.J. Walker, and it also kind of relates to Annie Malone. And so I want to start off by saying I was very disappointed after I did some research, after watching Self Made. The whole time I was like, oh man, I love this. Okay, this is heat. This is heat. You know, I'm a Tiffany Haddish fan. So uh, <laughs> for me, she can't do any wrong, you know. Um, but while I was watching it, maybe around the second or third a piece, everybody joining in, peace, peace, peace. Second or third episode, I started doing some of the research while I was watching the show. And then I just felt really I felt lied to, man. I felt lied to. I felt decepted. I, I, I felt like somebody just pulled a rug from under me because all my life, I'd heard about the great things that Madam C.J. Walker did. And then I learned about Annie Malone, and I'm just blown away. I'm like, oh, man. And I was just so hurt after I started doing the research. So initially, when I first saw the show, and I was watching the first episode, I was tweeting, I was Facebooking, I was Instagramming, saying, everybody check out this show. This show, this show is the bomb. We need to know about this. Let your daughter sit down, watch your, you know, have your son sit down, learn about this. And I had to take it all back, man. I really had to take it all back. Um, Joy, it sounds to me like you had a similar situation, right? 
Yeah, I did. And actually, um, the Netflix series in the beginning, it does say inspired by. Um, it was not based on a true story. So um, I think the point of this this meeting tonight would be to, um, for those who did not realize it mentioned inspired by, for us to help set the record straight for those who want to know the true story. And for those who would like to just be entertained, they can remain to be entertained with falsehoods. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Hey, Queen Phoenix, if you can unmute your mic, tell us what you thought when you got a chance to watch the show. Tell us what you thought, Queen Phoenix. When I saw the show, I was really excited in the beginning to actually uh, see it and to actually see uh, strong black entrepreneur females was the really exciting part. But then to really kind of dig into it and see how they actually left a lot of what she did off of it was kind of disappointing. But in the beginning, it was really excited to see and to see her strength that she had throughout the whole time there was most important to me and was really exciting. And I want to say that uh, when it comes down to entrepreneurs, when it comes down to melanated women who do phenomenal things, you're an example of that, you know, and I can't wait to talk about your book. We're going to get into that a little bit because you're kind of like a current day Annie Malone, a current day Madam C.J. Walker with your entrepreneurial efforts. Uh, Brother Eric. Yes, sir. The historian. Yo, man, what did you think when you watched this deceptive Serious. Um, I was outraged. Um, knowing what I know, knowing the history, I've been collecting it for the last um, 10 years. So having the history and owning a lot of the original artifacts of Madam C.J. Walker and Annie Malone, I knew the story. So immediately red flags went up and I, I was really, really upset because um, the depiction of both women were not doing them justice and it was total character assassination for Annie Malone so I, I was I was very upset about that yeah I was as well I was as well and right now brother I'm pulling up your website so your website tell us a little bit about your website before we continue Okay, um, I have the pleasure of being uh, what Dick Gregory named me as the keeper of the jewels. Um, I have upwards of 10,000 pieces of original um, Black history artifacts. Um, the earliest ranges from uh, original 15th century map of Africa all the way up to my most contemporary piece, which is uh, Tupac Shakur's very first publishing contract and everything else in between, including uh, a lot of Madam C.J. Walker and um, Annie Malone pieces along with uh, so many other great um, black uh, history figures and also um, events in our history. So uh, that's pretty much what my, my website is covering. It shows uh, pretty much a lot of our history um, in the gallery, which you'll see. Um, it has a lot of our different pieces, you know, Malcolm X, um, oh gosh, Marcus Garvey, you name it, is pretty much uh, represented in the collection. Okay, and uh, for those master students and for some of the fly folk, I want to reiterate that, you know, we're going to use the term African-American, we're going to use the term black, and we're not stupid, you know, we're not looking at a crayon color, we're not looking at a place, a planet, a country, a city called black, you know, we're not talking about civic standing at this point, um, so if we use those terms, I know that we have some in the family who are really adamantly against those terms, and we love you. Um, and I know in many cases you want to bang on us if we use those terms. We still love you. All right. Uh, 
So those terms will come up tonight, and we're not stupid, all right? We're not stupid. So, uh, Sister Joy, you said it was inspired by, yes. but you also know some of the deceitful details in the series. What was the what was the biggest one that bothered you? The biggest detail that bothered me was how the Netflix series left out the Denver, Colorado um, timeline where she was there with her husband, um, Charles Joseph, CJ Walker. And um, it bothered me because in the Netflix series, there was not much shown as to where he supported her and her appreciation for his support um, during her her business ventures. So um, I think that if they had brought that in, there was no way they would have been able to leave him out, um, leave out all of his contributions to the growth of her business. And um, they really just downplayed their relationship. And he actually held more than one job while in Denver to um, hold festivals and parties to, you know, promote and build her brand and her business. So I think if they had included Denver, there would have been no way they would have been able to downplay him, him as, a, as a man. You know what? That's what really bothers me because it really kind of reinforces this narrative that he was a horrible black man, similar to the rest of the horrible black men out there. Ain't no black good black men out there. You know, ain't no good men out there. Ain't no good melanated men out there. You know, it just really kind of pushed that narrative, and it made it seem like he didn't support her at all. And I knew that was deceitful. And so I wonder, is there an agenda here? What do you think? And I'm talking to all of us. Is there an agenda? It seems. I think it is an agenda. Mm -hmm. To me, it seems like it also it wants to keep the division in our community. That hey, either the man is it's always a competition between the black man and the black female. When it shouldn't be that way, honestly, the we I can't be the queen that I am today if it wasn't for my husband giving me the platform he's given me. And that's one of the things that has always been in our community. The man is the one that actually upholds and promotes and allows us to be the queens that we are, but they always show the negative side that we're always against each other. Even the part with the two ladies coming against each other. That's not how our community is, but that's what they want to portray to keep us divided. I always feel like it's a divide and conquer. Yeah, and brother Eric, what were you gonna say, man? Well, um, I, I definitely agree. I, I, she, she summed it up. But the thing about it is it's, it's, it's very interesting um, when you're looking back on the actual, if you look at some of the interviews that the producers and everybody did concerning this particular movie, I'm trying to be politically correct. We need to air this out. Air it out. Yeah, because I'm like, I'm, I'm really angry about it, to be honest. Um, it was a, a huge disservice. But the main thing that they actually pressed was like all of the uh, people on the film were black women. And all of them agreed to do this and the way they were pushing it out if you look at the Indianapolis um, I think it was Indianapolis Bulletin was the name of the particular website um, that they did the interview on along with um, Alilia Bundles and they talk about how haphazardly they were throwing in different themes from that they felt like people could um, relate to today 
that didn't necessarily happen in the situation. And I thought it was such a disservice to the stories of both of the iconic women because their stories are enough. And that's another thing that we're being taught in history now that our stories are not enough. Um, they did the same thing. The director is the same director that directed Harriet. And um, I think Ooh. they did a lot of the same things on that. Um, but that's a whole nother story. Oh, man. So it was the same lady that did Harriet? Same director. Who had, who had Harriet Tubman being chased by two men who never existed? An imaginary man. Right. <laughs> and of yeah. course, it was a black guy. Mm-hmm. Two black guys. Yeah. And the imaginary white savior. Don't forget that. Yeah. And hey, so uh, Joy, do you see the uh, do you see the hidden hand in this as well? I'm sorry, but as well. Yeah, do you see the hidden hand, the agenda in this as well? Yes, I seen I seen more than one agenda. Um, I definitely did. For one, I saw the uh, the light skin against the dark skin. Agenda. I saw the um, breakdown of our man agenda. I can't they hear broke her. down like every man in there. I don't. I cannot say one. Well, W.E.B. Boys. They held him up as a hero when it seemed like Booker T. Washington wouldn't, you know, give in or um, meet the, the the expectations of Madam C.J. Walker. Oh man, that thing kind of blew me away. Go ahead. Yeah. There was a, um, a F- Can you reiterate what she's saying? I can't hear her for some reason. I can't hear Sister Joy. Yeah, move a little closer to your microphone, sis. Okay. Can you hear me now? We're good. We're good. Okay. So there was an effort to. Um, what was I saying? I forgot what I was saying. Go ahead, somebody else. I forgot what I was saying. <laughs> well, I can, I can reiterate because it was some good stuff that you were saying. You were saying that how they actually took and did the light skin against the dark skin, how they downplayed it when it came down to the uh, men made one of the men look like a hero, but the other one who was downgrading the females, they kind of made him stand out more in the, in the picture or in the movie. So you can pick up from there. Oh, okay. Yeah, and look, Shay, you were saying that that's kind of expected. She's not going to even front. She doesn't even watch the type of stuff because she knew that uh, it was all going to be fake. It was fake news. It was going to be fake news. And uh, another person brought up the quote unquote gay agenda. That's correct. So, Brother Eric, can you tap in on that? Yeah, uh, I thought that was poorly. Uh, there, there's no historical evidence that she was a lesbian. There's none whatsoever. Um, she was a party girl. She was a socialite. Um, she gave a platform to people that had an alternative lifestyle. That which they could have done as they brought in um, Booker T. Washington, as they brought in W.E.B. Du Bois. They could have brought in those people that um, she was close with, like Langston Hughes, was, who was a gay black man, and um, um, County Cullen. You know, those were two that actually were major um, black figures in that era. So it's like it's 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 really sad that they decided to make a character that had nothing to do with um, an alternative lifestyle that can be proven. And even people that were there, um, there's some people that were living during the time that did interviews all the way up to the 80s. And they said all kinds of things happened. You know, people that were um, of alternative lifestyle were there. Um, they did what they wanted to do, but they never said anything about her being a lesbian. 
and I thought that was a disservice to her um, her memory as well. Yeah, it's like she was LGBTQIA friendly. I guess she would have been an A, an ally. But right, right. You know, yeah, they don't talk about her other two husbands. It, it, right. Yeah. No. They 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 literally obliterated that part. Um, it, it's 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 very interesting. And actually, the doctor that they were talking about that she was um going to be dating in that thing where her mother allowed her to not tap to see this guy. She actually wound up marrying him. That was her next husband. Yo, this whole series. So what are we looking at right now, uh, Eric? What are we looking at? That right there is Poro. Poro, um, Poro Corner is that part right there where you see um, where the door is. That was um, an amazing building that cost about a half a million dollars to build. That was Annie Malone's headquarters. Um, fantastic building. In it, it had a... Um, it had, oh my God, it had everything. Auditorium. It had its own delivery service inside. It had... Um, a hotel on the inside so that people that were coming into town and were black could stay there. Also boarders from, uh, that were students could also stay there. She had an auditorium. Um, you see the rooftop, um, outdoor setting upstairs. There was, uh, golly, she had her own operators, um, switchboards, uh, you name it. Everything was in this building. It was state of the art at the time. And what year was that this? Also, yeah. She finished, well, the start of the building in 1917 um, and completed the building in 1918. Wow. Poro College was founded as a cosmetic school and named after Poro Society, a secret organization in West Africa that exemplified physicality and spirituality. Not only did Poro College act as a training center to nurture and style black hair, but it was also a significant source of employment for people of African descent in America, African Americans, especially women. Her Poro agents, raging agent from 16 to 80, were trained to sell her custom products and to use the Poro system of scalp cleaning and hair nourishment. Over the company's lifespan, there were tens of thousands of women and men that sold Poro products around the world. At the height of her um, company, she had about 75,000 agents across the world. Um, when they opened the door, she had 175 uh, employees at the time in 1918. Wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at some of her products. And, yes, sir. You know, and so one yeah, of the things I that kind of blows me... several of those as well. You have several of those as well? I have a question here with someone. I have someone here with me that had a question. They wanted to know in the in the movie, did the uh, other lady actually steal? Did uh, Madam yeah. C.J. Walker actually steal her yes, from she Addie? Did. She actually did steal Annie Malone's um, formula. Um, the, the story that's being said is, um, and this was corroborated by uh, Madam C.J. Walker to one of her, um, the presidents that ran her company. Um, that was Marjorie Joyner. And um, she said that a gentleman that she wound up working for when she moved to Denver, which they left out of the movie, um, he was a, a, a druggist or a pharmacist. And either he offered or she asked. We don't know that particular detail, but it was offered that he could actually test Annie Malone's um, formula to see what was in it so that she can, you know, sell it on her own or do whatever she wanted to do um, so she could keep most of the money. So that actually is a historical fact. All right, quick question from the historian, brother. So we've been taught that Madam C.J. Walker was America's first millionaire woman. Is that no. true? 
No, it's not true. Um, there, there's several others, including Annie Malone. Annie Malone was the richest black woman at the time. Um, 1923, the Philadelphia, um, oh, I think it was the Tribune, had said that she had played the highest taxes out of any black person in America at the time. Um, the very next year, it, they reported that she had um, she had uh, taxes. Her tax bill was about forty thousand dollars, and that was in 1924. Wow! What about Mary? And then Ellen? also, I, I see some one of the um, one of the viewers is actually mentioning Mary Ellen um, Pleasant, who was a, a madam um, out in California. She was also a, a rich black woman that literally funded a lot of the stuff during slavery. So they are absolutely correct. Mary Ellen Pleasant um, also funded um, Jane, uh, John Brown and Harriet Tubman uh, during the uh, the raid. So they're also correct. Hold up. Say that again. Okay. <laughs> Mary Ellen Pleasance was a, a madam. Um, she actually had a... Um, mm, I'm trying to think of a politically correct word for it. Hey, just um, say, when you say madam, are you, are you saying she was a pimp? Yes. She, she ran a brothel. <laughs> 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 and uh, she she was very very wealthy, and they um, she passed for white. That was the other thing. So she was able to actually fund a lot of the stuff um, that regarded our freedom and uh, early civil rights. So she funded a lot of the stuff um, during that time period. She absolutely did. Wow, Joy. What were some of the other things in the Netflix series that bothered you? So back to what I was saying, um, I remember my point and I wrote it down. So what bothered me was... I wish I could hear her. (laughs) What bothered me was that um, the characters that are in this Netflix series, um, they could have included false characters to create the stories and follow the agenda, such as the, the LGBT agenda and put that storyline on a made-up character, a fictional character, instead of breaking down the name and the honor and the legacy of these actual people. And also, for example, um, with Booker T. Washington and him not meeting, as it appeared, he did not meet the needs of Madam C.J. Walker. He denied her. He left her hung, um, hanging to dry. You know, he left her out. So it seemed like he completely denied her when in actuality they worked together and um, she became an ally with Booker T. Washington and he helped her um, fund and construct the YMCA, the first color YMCA here in Indianapolis. Also, what I um, would like to share is the, um, the brother had mentioned that Poro College on the corner of Annie Malone's. Also here in Indianapolis, Madam C.J. Walker, there's a building here that um, her lawyer, um, Ransom Freeman, as well as her daughter had erected here in downtown Indianapolis. It takes up the corner and goes out like that as well. And then when it came to her ingredients, um, it's noted in the book by Amelia Bundles on her own ground that yes, she did take from the formula. It also mentions it in Madam C.J. Walker's Wikipedia article. And um, one of the ingredients that she used different from Annie Malone was the violet extract perfume. And it was to cover up the sulfur smell in the product. 
Yo, so this thing was just full of lies, full of deceit, full of agendas that really weren't even active during that time period. And so I'm starting to wonder, is this Hollywood or Hollywood? And is, if Hollywood, Hollywood, are they serving us? And if not, you know, how should we how should we address this? Because this this really has me upset. Like I said, I loved it at first. I was in love with it. I was tweeting. I was Instagramming. I was Facebooking. And then as I started doing my research, I was just so upset. I, I'm, I, I was heated. I was heated. Well, one of the ways that we can actually change this, and this is where the power of entrepreneurship actually comes in, because that's one of the things that our community is great at. If you look at it, even when we built the first uh, Black Wall Street, that's that's what we know. And if you look at it, we don't need to study hard to move forward or to actually start businesses. The gifts is already in us. So we can actually birth the gift that God has already put in us to actually start even giving jobs to our community. God has actually put us in position to be entrepreneurs, which now gives us the power to employ our own community because nobody else is going to do it. This is why we need people to do the video production. This is why we need people of our community to study the history, to put the right movies out, so therefore our community can be properly educated. Once we're properly educated and know where we've come from, we can be proud of who we are, and this is where we need to come back together and know the power that we hold when we stand together and when we come together, no matter what color our skin is, as long as we know that we're part of an African American, black, descent, whatever, we just need to come together and really show people the power of being true entrepreneurs. And that's just tapping into the gift what's inside of us. And each one of us sharing our gift, not looking at, oh, well, she's getting ahead of me or he's getting ahead. It doesn't matter. If we can come together and be black masterminds together, we can take over. Everything we touch, we dominate. Okay. That's, that's like Garvey. Garvey always said, "Be back, buy, buy black, and think black." You know, exactly. That, that's the that's absolute the mindset that we have to transition into. Also, we have to realize that we are pimping our history. We're selling out our birthright with you know um, series like these, and with um, also with Harriet. You know, we're doing a disservice to our own people and feeding our own people lies. A lot of our people don't realize and don't know the history for whatever reason. Whether it has been hidden from us for most of the part. Um, that was another reason for ownership also with me, with buying back our history. I've spent my life savings buying back our history. I've spent hundreds of thousands of dollars buying back our history. And the, the thing for that was really the ancestors were pushing me for ownership is because he who owns it controls it. And when you don't have access to the information, you'll believe whatever they tell us. And being a black person, you have a higher standard um, that we hold you to or that at least I hold them to when they're telling our stories. So that was another issue um, that really upset me about finding out that this was a full black um, producer, full black project that um, they dropped the ball on. Major. We gotta hold them and accountable. Deceiving our people. We gotta hold them accountable. And I want to say, uh, after listening to what you just said, Eric, and after listening to what Queen Phoenix said, I want to say, let the community say Ashe. Let the church say Amen. <laughs> Yo, that, that was some heat. That was some heat. Hey, look, we're in about a half hour in our conversation about self-made, which was this deceitful Netflix series. Uh, I want to take this moment to go back around 
and I want to make sure that everybody knows who the platformers are for tonight. So uh, let's start with you, Memoirs of a Karmic Dynasty. Joy, tell us a little bit about yourself, where people can find you. Make it short and sweet, and we're going to go to Queen Phoenix, and then we'll end with Brother Eric. So uh, Memoirs of a Karmic Dynasty, what's good? I am Joy Allen, and that's my Facebook name. You can find me there. On Instagram, I'm at MKDTNT, and here on YouTube as the Memoirs of the Karmic Dynasty. I would like to share that I am an entrepreneur. I right now have two businesses. I'm starting a third business. Um, I have an accounting background. I am an Army veteran. Um, I have, I'm a mother of five children and grandmother of seven. And I was born and raised and still living here in Indianapolis. That's what's up. Now, what happens on your Facebook page? I mean, your your YouTube channel, your Facebook page. What do you do there? Because you're involved in conscious raising. Am I correct? Yes. On my page, you, I would say just come over and look and join and friend me and, and we'll build. My page and my platforms all across the board, you will see building only. Building up of our people, building up of who we are. Only. No playing, no games. I don't have time for that. Ashe, Ashe. Queen Phoenix, one of the smartest sisters I've ever been around and been tutored by. Uh, This Queen Phoenix taught me some financial stuff, helped me get my financial place in order, and my house is still in great financial shape because of you. Uh, But tell us a little more about what you do, author Queen Phoenix. Uh, yes, my name is Queen Phoenix uh, Nikea Toll. Uh, I actually was born and raised in Portsmouth and uh, has been able to travel around to see different uh, states and everything. But the biggest thing that my heart is, is about bringing financial prosperity black back to our community. Once I got the history on Black Wall Street and what actually happened to it, my passion, my whole vision has been actually bringing that back by really educating our community on wealth concepts that's been out there for years. I even wrote a book called Six Ways on How to Conquer Your Fear because one of the things that hold our community back is our fear. We're scared of, hey, if we're going to fail. We're scared of what people are going to think or say about us. But in my book, it actually tells you the tools that you can use to conquer those fears. I have survived so many different challenges and obstacles. I'm a I'm a part I'm a mother of five, but I'm also a survivor of a domestic violent relationship. I'm also a survivor of a mother who lost two kids. I'm a survivor of rape. But you know what? Those things don't hold you back or identify you. And those are some of the things that I share in my book. You can go through so many challenges in your life, but those challenges should not be your identity. Those challenges should be what push you forward to actually conquer your fears and to make a change in your community. So that's what I'm out to do. I'm here to make a change in the community because we have so many individuals in our community that let what happened to them hold them back from being the phoenix that God has truly meant for them to be. So now it's just time for us to flame up, rise up, and blaze that trail path for our next generation to follow us. Wow. And Brother Eric, I'm sorry you have to follow that. (laughs) I know. But uh, Brother Eric, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do, good brother. 
Okay. Well, as I said before, um, my name is Eric Majet. I actually have the pleasure of being what who Dick Gregory named as the Keeper of the Jewels. Um, it has been my pleasure, my honor, my purpose to actually buy back our history and take ownership of it. Um, the majority, 90, oof, 95%, I'll say, of uh, the artifacts that I have bought and, uh, brought back have been from white dealers, uh, unfortunately. But somebody had to do it. I dedicated my life to that um, outside of my collection and also the historical work that I do in traveling exhibits. I also work in film, television as well and music. So that's actually how I've been able to afford to buy back our history, um, which has been a blessing. Um, I also am an author. Um, I have a book out called uh, This Business Called Living, a refill when the well runs dry. And that's the motivational book. It just it's, it's a bunch of nutritional nuggets of things that I've learned along my last 25 years in entertainment. So that's uh, that sums it. That sums pretty much everything up that I um, am able and blessed to do. All right. I say I say. So give us a little more about Madam C.J. Walker and Booker T. I know that you're the historian. So okay. what was the real deal with that? Because they, they painted him in a real misogynistic, woman-hating, demeaning manner. And I realized to some degree that was unfortunately the norm right. of the time. But that that was actually a false, uh, um, total made-up situation. Um, that conversation never happened. Um, there's no historical basis for that. Um, he did not give her a platform that first year. The next year when he came back, he did give her a platform and she was hosted at her home. So that is actually how that did play out. Um, but otherwise, that was a totally fictitious uh, conversation and situation in that fictitious movie. All right. Yeah. So and also, we know that there's a lot. Go ahead. Go I'm ahead. sorry. Um, I wanted to make sure I mentioned several things. They They kind of diminished uh, the role of this character that was kind of portraying um, Andy Malone as well as other characters in the composite of different things that they wanted to throw in that were uh, situations of the time or that people couldn't relate to. But Annie Malone was a major, major force in our history. She gave the single largest donor um, donation to Howard University. She gave $25,000 for the establishment of Howard University's uh, medical school. She also gave $10,000 to uh, Tuskegee. She gave $10,000 to form the um, the Colored Children's um, um, Orphanage in St. Louis. And also gave $10,000 for the first YMCA to be uh, established. Those things they tried to outshadow and I don't know why um, we can't have multiple in as it relates from Hollywood standpoint, we could only have one. So um, that was another issue I had an issue with. It's like, why are we tearing down one woman to build another one up? And they can coexist because they did. You know, that's that's something that we have to realize that white people can have as many, you know, first as they want to. But they kind of limit us as as African-Americans or people of African descent to just one. That's not accurate. It's not realistic. You know, um, all can coexist. All of us are able now to coexist and we all have something that we individually give that nobody else can give. So we all can thrive and also coexist. So that was one of the things that I really want to touch on Madam C.J. Walker and Annie Malone. The other thing about that is we know now, at least, that we rest on somebody else's shoulders. The one thing that I did not like in actuality and also in the story was that they never paid homage to those that laid the foundation before her. That's not African. We have always 
honored and paid homage to those that laid the groundwork before us. And that's something that we need to reinstitute as a people and don't accept when people try to do these deceitful things to us. Never allow somebody to pit somebody against your brother. Or you know what? I, I think that's the message that really bothered me the most. That mm-hmm. really bothered me the most that they pit these women they pit the husband against the wives they pit the revolutionary against this revolutionary woman and all of it was a bunch of lies all of it was a bunch of lies and you know Madam C.J. Walker did some excellent things we're looking now at a you're actually looking at your 1948 graduating class yes uh that was um, from uh, Kansas City Missouri you're also looking at uh, one of the authorized agents. Oh, it got blurry there. Um, list or um, actual signs from Madam C.J. Walker. But also you're looking at a pretty cool piece. And I'm going to tie these two together real quick. You see that platter right there? It's right above the authorized uh, Madam C.J. Walker agent. Uh, it's coming in kind of blurry right now. I, yeah, I guess the video is messing it up. Okay. but that What are you talking also- about? That's um, that's Marcus Garvey's plate that he actually ate off of off the Black Star Line. Madam C.J. Walker also supported Marcus Garvey and his endeavors as well. So I wanted to point that out. Um, they also had a um, a sort of forum amongst some of the Black um, leaders at the time. They all came together and were putting their minds together about how to advance us as a race. So Madam C.J. Walker collaborated with other Black leaders at the time as well. But I did want to point that out where she did. And she also advertised in um, the, the Negro World, which was Marcus Garvey's um, his newspaper. Wow. Wow. So, Sister Joy, yes. what do we do at this point? You know, what do we do at this point? You know, we know that it was a bunch of lies. We know that we were deceived. We know that there's an agenda that we're not taking part of. What do we do? I would say what we would do is, as um, in the in the comments, Shay, Sister Shay, you mentioned that, as well as the panel today, that we do not use this television, these devices, to educate us. And not even that, to not tell us who we are. We don't need the the outsiders or anybody who's not us to tell us who we are. So we need to be looking for at things for ourselves. We need to be studying. We need to be using more time to focus on us and not the world in in a whole part. Um, I would say we need to use more time to separate from devices for 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 things that are not constructive. Queen Phoenix, when I'm watching the Netflix series, I told you I, I was, I loved it at first. I actually was inspired. Where can we find this level of inspiration today? Where can we find this level of inspiration that will allow us to move forward? Queen Phoenix, where can we find it? I know you know where it is. <laughs> well, a lot of this is that we basically taking back ownership and going back into social media. Like she said, tapping into our community, being okay 
to help our people. Because if you notice, anytime we want to put on an event, anytime we want to do something just for our community, or we put black on it, or African American, you should see how people's faces frown up. The whole energy in the audience will change when we start talking about doing something for our community, but yet it's still every other community or culture want our support. Anytime you look at anything, anything that is time for something to be built, they're looking for us to back them, but we can't come together to help each other. And we got to get stronger with being able to say, hey, look, this is what we want to do with our community. We need to focus on that. Get the truth out to our community because this next generation coming behind us, if they don't know the history from where they come from, they don't know where they're going. And sometimes you have to take a step back, know where you come from so you can be proud of who you are to then know where you're actually going. And that's what we need to really do. We need to pull together, get this stuff out of media, do more panels like this so people can actually get and hear the truth about their actual history because we don't talk enough about it. And it's a shame that if I go to my 19 year old or any of my children and ask them about Madam C.J. Walker. The only reason why my daughter found out about it is because I made her write a paper on it. She came to me and she's like, Mom, I want to write about a, a, a successful African-American you know, uh, entrepreneur woman. And we actually looked up Madam C.J. Walker. That was her first time ever knowing about it because they don't teach our history. So we got to get more strong and get that voice out to talk more about it. Even if it's panels like this, even if it's when we're doing Facebook Live or when we're posting stuff on our Facebook, making sure that we're posting bits and bits of our history so people will actually know. Because if not, I always say a closed mouth means that you agree in silence. You can't make a difference with a closed mouth. So it's time for us to start opening our mouth, stand tall, stand strong, and get the word out there. We got it. It starts with us first. Wow. Wow. You know what? It's up to us. And so I've had a lot of people that hit me because I've been posting on, you know, social media that, you know, this I was disappointed with this Netflix series. And it's, it's a lot of deception. There are a lot of lies. And people were hitting me back saying, like, hey, man, it's just a movie. Hey man, it's not a docu pick. Hey man, they gotta make it in such a way that people will watch it. And I started saying, we deserve better. Absolutely. We need to demand better. <laughs> and it's crazy. And I'm getting a lot of pushback from folk who think we should just let the stuff go. I just let it be. You worrying about the wrong things. I'm worried about us. How can we push back? How can we push back? Uh, Queen Phoenix just said on social media we need to push back. What are some other ways we can push back? Because we got to do this empowerment agenda. We got to be on code. And part of the code is when we see something wrong, we got to address it. You see something? And then also having more production. Having more production and the, the people that's doing the production making sure that they're willing to put out the truth without being afraid. Absolutely. Unadulterated truth. And holding our people to a higher standard. That's the most important thing. But also on the other side of that coin is we have to make sure that we support. Um, There's a lot of things, just like when it came to the Nat Turner movie, for other reasons, you know, that we know included in that. But a lot of people didn't want to see another slave. Oh, I think I, I, I think I, 
A lot of people didn't want to see another slave movie. What did you? Is that yeah, what a lot of people saying? didn't want to see another slave movie, but they didn't understand the actual storyline. This was not your typical slave story that white people told. This was a story about us not taking any any type of BS and actually taking our own um, our own strength and our own story in our own hands. And that's what Nat Turner did. So telling more stories about that. There's more stories than not about slave insurrections, but they won't. They don't want to tell you that because, of course, they don't want you to know that we've never been complacent with enslavement. That's never been our mentality. We've we've always fought. So that's another thing is just telling those stories and somebody being brave enough and having the the, uh, uh, testicular fortitude, as Minister Farrakhan would say, um, (laughs) of telling those stories. You know, and then also we have to be able to fund those stories, just like LeBron James came in to help fund this story. Um, I, I don't think he knew that it was going to be fictional, but there needs to be more people that will actually help to fund these projects. That's another reason why a lot of historians like myself that are also filmmakers are not able to bring things into fruition because the funding is not there. If it's not a salacious story that's actually selling or buying into the stereotypes that white people are cool with, uh, with us being portrayed by, a lot of people don't want to see it or don't want to fund it. You know, it wasn't until just recently with Black Panther, the success of Black Panther and others empowerment stories that people started to see that black there was power in black stories that actually showed an uplifting portrayal of black people. We know that it exists. Um, We've heard about it. Our spirits have told us. It's encoded in our DNA, but we need to see it. These children now are walking blindly in this world because they, and and most people are not paying attention in school. Most of the kids don't care about history. Who wants to hear about a whole bunch of old dead white men telling stories, fictional stories that have been, you know, bolstered up. It's just like uh, Marcus Garvey's son said to me, he said, um, he said the victory stories are usually told by the people that have won not the actual story. So you're not getting the real content. That's just like the lion telling the story of a lamb. You're not going to hear the lamb's perspective. You're going to hear the glorious, you know, um, um, fabricated version of someone else's outcome because they won. You know, so those types of stories are the ones that we actually have to hold ourselves accountable for. And also we need to make sure that we're funding. We have to put our money where our mouth is. We can't require or expect stories to be told unadulterated if we're not willing to tell them or to fund them or to support them. That's the same thing with black businesses. We can't expect black businesses to flourish or to be able to be competitive in the marketplace if we're not willing to fund it, if we're not willing to go the extra mile to go to that store or pay the extra dollar until we get enough money into that business so that they can expand and lower their prices. These are unrealistic expectations that we don't hold white people to. You don't go to Walmart asking them, well, how much, why do you charge this amount of money? You know, so we need to actually make sure that we've been supportive of black businesses. But it also right. come in to get those black business to expand is making sure that we educate them on making sure they have the correct structure so we can now teach them how to leverage the money that's out there because a lot of these white business is funding out there. They actually have an account strictly set aside 
for minority business that we can tap into that no one is educating us about. And see, that's that's where they told the wrong person when they told Queen Phoenix, because I'm like this, I'm a tattletale. Once, once you tell me something, I just, like, it's my duty to now bring it back to my community to show you guys how for us to be able to tap into the funds that's there for us to be able to expand our business, to be able to now have the uh, payroll that we need to employ our African-American people. Because what we don't know, we feel like, hey, if I start a business, then I'll be able to get this funding. But people don't tell us that they're not going to give us funding if we don't show that our business is set up to employ people. And the main important thing to get you the high money is how many employees do you have on your payroll? But a lot of us are like, well, hey, I can't afford to pay anybody because all the money we make goes right back into our business. So this is where I come in to educate people on how to structure their business. So now, therefore, they can leverage that money that's out there to help you expand to now employ more of our African-American people, get them off the street. And while they're working for them, for you, you can now educate them on their black history. Wow. Wow. Okay. Okay. I want to tap into what Catherine Garcia said. She said she loved that show. She watched it four times. She's proud of the woman became the first millionaire way back in the 1900s. But Catherine, we, we just kind of showed sis that she wasn't the first millionaire. She may have been the second or third female millionaire back in the 1900s. She may have been the second or third female millionaire of African descent, melanated, carbonated, black, indigenous, you know, whatever term you want to use. She may have been you know, I, I think that they got it. Now, I agree with you, Catherine. I loved it. I, I was so enthralled with it. And they had Tiffany Haddish on there. So yeah, I, I'm a Tiffany Haddish fan. Uh, but I guess we're coming to the end. And we have to walk away with some solutions. Should we bang on the system? Should we be banging on, you know, LeBron James? Should we be banging on Blair Underwood? Should we be banging, banging on Octavia Spencer? Should we bang on the producers of this show and let them know how upset we are, how dis- disrespected we feel, how how degraded we feel, how how demeaned we feel by their portrayal? Should we go that far as well? What do you guys think? What do you guys think? I'm conflicted. I'm I'm I'm, I'm conflicted with that because. One, I do think that we should hold them to a higher standard. I think we have to let them know what our expectation is. At the same time, I don't know if they knew, um, at least LeBron or some of the other ones. Um, When you do look at some of the interviews that the producers and stuff had, they had an expectation of what they wanted to inject in the actual story. What they could have done was tell a fictional story based off of Madam C.J. Walker and called her somebody else. Made it make it a whole made up story of a period piece. That's what they could have done. But we do have to hold our um, producers and creators to a higher standard. If you're going to tell us information, if you're going to sell us information as if it is something historical, you need to make sure you're sticking to the facts. If you don't know, hire someone. If you don't um, have the information, then make sure you're actually setting up a team of black researchers who understand the story, who actually can interpret it for us so that it's not getting, you know, other stuff isn't getting thrown in there. Oh, well, you know, you need a white savior. Oh, you need this. You know, you, uh, black people didn't get along. You know, we need to include some of the Willie Lynch philosophy, you know, stuff like that. No, let's tell our stories the way they were unadulterated. Hold our creators to a higher standard. 
We have to do that. Um, and we do actually have to make sure that they're accountable. And even when it comes to some of the actual actors, a lot of actors try to actually vet projects so that they're able to make sure that they are taking on a project that is historically accurate if it's going to be a historical film. A lot of um, actors try to do the due diligence. Um, unfortunately, there wasn't a lot of information out there. If they were not familiar with Annie Malone, they would not have necessarily known um, that this Addie Monroe character was depicting her. And they could have told them, hey, oh, no, this is just a composite character of people, places and things that, um, you know, affected the stories around that time. That's how it could have been sold to them. I don't know. But we do have to hi- have that higher standard um, when it comes to what we're feeding our people as creatives. That's that's where I stand on that. I, I still think that they are uh, <laughs> pretty culpable in this situation, but uh, I might be biased. All right. Well, I also think that what we can do is actually uh, produce more of it. You don't have to have one C.J. Walker, you know, series. Someone else can come back and actually tell the truth. So this is where we need to actually support more projects where most where people are telling the trueness of our history versus just saying, hey, well, we're going to raise our voice about this. Hey, we can counteract by doing a whole brand new project to actually show the truth about Madam C.J. Walker. I mean, they, they did multiple movies in regards to Abraham Lincoln. Why do we have right. to just settle for this one when we can do a Absolutely. lot more and then just get behind it and support it? With all these African-American entrepreneurs out here, if we come together and support the project and push it forward, we can get another, you know, Madam C.J. Walker out there that's going to tell the truth. We can get another one that now when we're talking about Harriet Tubman that's telling the truth. And so, therefore, they can really see the strength that is within us and all the stuff that we have overcome and all the things that we have conquered. Our, Our generation needs to see that. Absolutely. And and that's one of the things that I'm doing. I literally have a whole binder. This is just on Annie Malone and Poro. So I'm literally putting together a lot of these narratives so that we can combat that. Um, as a historian, as a filmmaker, you know, documentaries as well. You know, I'm literally doing my part. That's all I can do. I can offer up the truth. I can offer up historical evidence. Um, it's us coming together, as, as Queen uh, Phoenix said. We have to make sure that we're resurrecting a lot of these stories and actually pulling them out of the ashes and Ashe. producing them. Ashe, Ashe. So let's do this. Sister Joy. Last words, last words, last thoughts. What are your last last thoughts? So my last thoughts are these. Um, First, we, as individuals, we are all on different levels. So to hold anyone accountable for what they're doing, I would say that would be a big job for us to take each individual and hold them accountable for each of us, each standard, because each of us, we all have different um, expectations. So to first, we have to raise a bar, a level of the expectation to be able to hold them accountable to it. Next, I'm going to say that um, I would simply just say, do not depend and rely on, on Hollywood, on Netflix to inform us again as I stated earlier and then if I was and then myself I'm going to mention one name that I would say is mostly responsible for this event and that would be Alilia Bundles and 
according to the book On Her Own Ground, which can be bought online. If you look at that book, it has a Netflix stamp on it and says that it was this book was the basis for the story. The only way Netflix could do this is with the permission of Alilia Bundles. And she either knew outright what they were going to do or she was not she wasn't responsible enough to be informed to allow them to wreak havoc on this storyline and the legacy of so many. Wow. Wow. Okay. Leave it to the memoirs of a karmic dynasty to, <laughs> to bring it on home. Hey, Sister Catherine Garcia, um, so it looks to me like you may have missed most of it. So the truth is, this story was it was an inspiring story that was full of lies. And as much as we love Madam C.J. Walker, we also love Annie Malone and we love Booker T and we love the people that they demeaned in this film. So, uh, sister, I, I want you to say, you know, look, do a playback, listen to what we said earlier, check out some of the other videos out there. It was a very inspiring story. I loved it. And I got hurt when I realized there were so many lies. Queen Phoenix, Queen Phoenix, last words, last words. Well, final words here, man. I say we had a strong panel tonight. Love the history, the rawness of the history. And we just need more people like us to just stand up, stand strong for our community. Again, I have a book out, Six Ways to Conquer Your Fear. Don't be afraid to speak up. Don't be afraid to take back your voice. That's something that was taken from us years ago, and it's time for us to take it back. And you can actually see that that's on Amazon that you can find my book. It's sold up there, Six Ways to Conquer Your Fear. It's going to tell you exactly what steps you need to get through to, to actually go through the challenges and the storm. Secondly, always say everything that you need to achieve everything that you want is inside. It's just time for you to tap into what's inside because the the symbol of Phoenix for me is actually just tapping into that fire that's on the inside of you and once you flame up, you are that eagle that can now fire up your dreams and blaze that that, tra that trail path for others to follow behind you. So don't let your light go out. Keep it, keep it fire, keep it flamed up and let that path shine bright. Brother Eric Majette, man, um, take us out of here, brother. Your last words, your last thoughts. All well, right. I, I definitely want to empower everybody to know your history. Make sure you own it. This is your your legacy. This is what you're actually, if you don't know where you come from, you don't necessarily know your full potential and what you actually have come from. You've come from kings and queens. You've come from people that have made something out of nothing. It is your destiny. It is your birthright to actually claim the rich heritage that we have. If you don't know it, if they're not teaching you, make sure you're seeking it out. Let's make sure that we're, and also creatives, make sure that you're putting out the history. Make sure you do your research. That's the most important part because you don't want to be a part of leading our people into a burning house as Dr. King realized that he was doing when he made his switch. So each one of us has a responsibility to take ownership of our history. Make sure you're actually learning it, teaching it, and spreading it. That's our responsibility. So I just say, learn Grow and be like Marcus Garvey said. Marcus Garvey said, um, "Be black, think black, and buy black." Whew. 
All right. So, hey, with this has been an excellent opportunity to learn and build with everyone on the platform tonight. I want to say thank you to all of the platformers. Memoirs of a Karmic Dynasty, Sister Joy Allen, salute that. Queen Phoenix, salute that. Eric Majette Jr., salute that. This is Seiko Varner, and this has been an inspiring, motivating, and decisive episode of the Fly Guy Show. We're the home of melanated, intelligent conversation to improve our situation. I think tonight we're working on improving our situation. It might be time to bang on the system. It might be time to bang on those who supported this. So we might need to reach out to uh, Aliyah Bundles. We may need to reach out to LeBron, Octavia Spencer, Blair Underwood, the sister who was the producer, and say, we expect better. We need better. We're not going to demand anything but better. It's better time, y'all. It's better time. Get on code. Stay empowered. And stay fly. 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 Yo. Stay fly. 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 The views expressed by the guests are only the views of the guests, unless we say we agree, unless explicitly stated. Stay fly, stay fly, stay fly, stay fly, stay fly. Stay conscious, stay fly.